0: JT Bookedeman here, another incredible offer from Booked Industries. Do you enjoy intelligent, insightful, in depth analysis of high minded literature? Uh, no. Would you rather listen to Rude, Crude and awful new rambling regarding some of the dirtiest, nastiest, poppiest genre fiction around? Well, yes. Well, then do I have the product for you. We're introducing the Booked Podcast. For a minimal monthly donation, you can listen to two guys tell you about the books they're reading. How much of a donation, you ask? Well, normally, a premium program such as this would run you at least $159.99. What a bargain. But I'm willing to offer it to you today for the low, low price of one american dollar what you it roger's speechless but that's not all folks because if you read now you also receive bonus content it could be an author interview it could be gossip girl commentary it could even be lunch with livius not bloody likely so to get the Booked Podcast plus the Bonus Content The 188 Booked. Again, it's 188B O L booked period. Don't delay. Donate today. Do not call, not a real phone number. Visit patreon.com slash booked.
1: P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash booked. Welcome to Booked, where two guys tell you about the books they're reading. I'm Rob Olson. And I'm Livia Snedden. You may have
2: noticed there was like an infomercial at the top of the show um, pimping our Patreon. Patreon? God damn it. I hope those people don't listen. Well, how do you say it? Patreon. 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 Our Patreon Patreon. account presence. We're not even really sure what it is. What we do know is that you can throw money at us now, but we'll talk more about that a little later um, this episode. So start figuring out how much money you can afford. You've got about 45 minutes. Um, This week. In in what has lately become a trend on book, we're not only going to review a book, Dodgeball High by Bradley Sands. We're also going to have Bradley on as a guest, which is really cool.
1: Yeah, that's uh, right. We just don't we don't think our episodes are long enough. We just want to put more stuff in there.
2: That's right. We actually had a huge controversial topic we were going to tackle this episode too, but we're going to put that aside um, for the sake of brevity. <laughs> I don't think anybody's ever said Booked and Brevity in the same, in the same breath. So. Nope. Um, here's a, a very little bit about Bradley Sands. This may sound somewhat familiar. Bradley Sands is an author of bizarro fiction. He wrote Dodgeball High, TV Snorted My Brain, which was reviewed here on Booked last year, Rico Slade Will Fucking Kill You, Sorry I Ruined Your Orgy, and other books.
1: Yeah, you know, looking at that author bio, I've read Dodgeball High, TV's an art of my brain, Rico, Rico Slate will fucking kill you, and Sorry I Ruined Your Orgy. So I, ooh,
2: ooh, which one Which one was your favorite?
1: Um, uh, really, it's gonna be Dodgeball High. Uh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Um, to find out why I loved it so much, I'm gonna read you the synopsis we pulled from Amazon. Justin Lucas just started at a new high school, but there are no classes in really important stuff like English literature, mathematics, science, or history. Instead, the entire curriculum is dedicated to playing dodgeball. Justin is perplexed. Where are the pencils and textbooks? Why are there so many explosives strapped strapped to the balls? Dodgeballs. Uh, And what is up with the barbed wire? Does the school administration really think that it's appropriate to wrap the balls in barbed wire? Dodgeball High does not seem like a safe environment for a young man, but his classmates don't care. They kind of remind him of junior mafia dons, little serial killers, and pint-sized dictators from third-world countries. And they're all really good at dodgeball, and the shedding of their classmates' blood, while Justin totally sucks. And to make matters worse, Justin's parents are like total dicks. They won't let him go to a different school because they think he's full of crap about this dodgeball nonsense, not to mention that Dodie Manson, the greatest player in the school, has a gigantic crush on Justin, and whoever Dodie wants, Dodie gets. And her BFs have a habit of experiencing intense pleasure prior to their mysterious decapitations does Justin have what it takes to survive and make it to the top of his class before graduation or will he be eliminated permanently read dodgeball high to find out, but watch out for the ball that's coming at your head.
2: Every time we read a synopsis for a bizarre book, I like, I have that, that mental picture of the author trying to like pitch the story. <laughs> yeah. it, it kind of reminds me of a story I heard, and I don't know how true this is, but when Freddie Mercury was pitching, um, from the singer from Queen, was pitching Bohemian Rhapsody, they're like, oh, oh, yeah, this sounds really great. And he's like, yeah, and in the middle, there's like a mini-operetta. Like, <laughs> it, it just goes crazy. That's kind of always how I feel reading um, the Zorro synopses.
1: Uh, did you read the synopsis before you read this book?
2: I did not, no.
1: Yeah. What do you think, uh, would it have affected your your reading or understanding comprehension of the book?
2: Um, No, I don't think so. Um, Because I expect it to be pretty goddamn crazy. And I did, on some level, understand, or maybe I saw this somewhere without reading the synopsis, that it was about a high school where all they do is play dodgeball. Right. And and I had to imagine, um, having read TV Snorted snorted My Brain and other Bizarro titles, that it was going to get kind of gory.
1: Right on. I mean, the synopsis did a really great job of kind of, of telling you everything you need to know, but the book really starts out with uh, Justin having just transferred from another school where at least in his mind, and at the very beginning you're thinking maybe he's, he's being honest. Um, he might have a higher opinion of himself than what is actually true in reality. Um, and he might be the kind of person that tells himself things to like feel better about himself. But, um, He thinks he was like the awesomest kid at his old school, so he's thinking it's going to be no problem to become like the most popular person at this new school. And it turns out that the rules are a little bit different, so he's got a little bit more of a challenge than he was expecting. I um, drew an interesting
2: parallel to Justin and um, one of the hosts of this podcast. And that's exactly what you said, that Justin thought that he was, you know, really great, really cool, and everyone (laughs) liked him. But then they talk about him having a, a robot on his clothing, a
1: picture of a robot.
2: And okay. I know somebody else who may have some clothing that has robots on it.
1: Uh, I only have one shirt with a robot on it, and I might have pajama pants with robots <laughs> on it.
2: <me. laughs> that's exactly what I thought. I was like, this guy is just
1: like Rob. Um, I do have a, a, a shirt that's got a, a, a guy in a diving suit punching a shark. Like in the mouth. <laughs>
2: Where, where where do you also buy what was the website that he bought his clothes at tshirtmayhem.com <laughs> Is is that where you purchase a lot of your clothing?
1: I honestly don't know where most of my shirts come from but uh, pretty sure that listeners that have at least seen you um in person
2: or on facebook assume they all come from bookpodcast.com
1: pretty much. Are you insinuating that I might not be as cool as I in my mind believe I am? <laughs> no. No right, not at good. all. Not I'm not insinuating that at all. My fragile wow my fragile ego couldn't handle t-shirt
2: com is an actual site that has a really loud beeping noise that plays when you go to it
1: thanks uh, bradley
2: sands <laughs> but um there's nothing there's one shirt and it says default t-shirt on it hmm. i think this might be bradley sands side business we may have to to check with him on this
1: really loud beeping t-shirt business yeah did you hear it through my headphones? No. Oh, there it goes again. So All right. It might sound like nothing. You know that, right?
2: <laughs> yeah. Yep. Magic headphones. Anyway, any rate, so yes, Justin comes to the school and immediately falls for the, um, kind of like you were saying about him in his mind, thinking like he might be the coolest kid in school, falls for what he thinks is the hottest um, girl in school, um, Dottie Manson.
1: Yeah. Um, who is kind of like a goth, uh, getting a little gothy vibe, right? A little bit gothy? Yes, oh, a little bit. Well, she doesn't think so, but yes, absolutely.
2: Um, we should mention that as he runs across people, they all seem to have very famous last names.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is something that we put, that is expressly explained, I don't know, what, middle middle way through the book, you think? About that, yeah. Um, which I don't think it's, it's a problem spoiling, is that... Um, after being at the school for a while and experiencing the real extreme oddity of, like, how the entire school is entirely dodgeball-focused and that dodgeball gets very violent and often lethal, uh, (laughs) he discovers that all the students are children of serial killers, which that means there's lots of serial killers that have children of the same age. So that's kind of a stretch, but, like, um yeah that's that's the stretch that's the book. stretch the one stretch <laughs> <laughs> we have bradley on in bit and we're like do you really think that there's that many serial killer kids <laughs> um, interestingly enough
2: because sometimes i i miss things even after that i was still pretty sure that dotty manson was daughter to Marilyn manson <laughs> who i'm pretty sure has killed absolutely nobody
1: <laughs> he's killed zero people yep. um yeah, I'm, I'm guessing Maryland, I mean, uh, you see, I just said it, Charles Manson, who, um, as far as I'm aware, actually didn't personally kill, a, you know, multiple people, but he influenced people to kill people. And he just got married. I know, right? Hey, congratulations, Charles Manson. Yep. We didn't get, did you get an invite? I didn't get an invite. No. Loudest car in the world, outside my apartment. Um, No, and I mean he's been in prison for fifty years. So you got to give it up to a dude that I mean I don't think I could get a twenty six year old bride. But uh, dude,
2: he scored enough to marry some chick, and he's been in prison for fifty years. Tell yeah. that
1: to your single friends. I know, right? I'm I am one of your single friends. Mm-hmm. Yep. <sighs> She's probably a juggalo, Let's be honest.
2: <laughs> I, jug- I saw pictures. She wasn't a bad looking girl. Jugalette. I think.
1: Right. She looks like she would rob a pharmacy for their, like, (laughs) painkillers. Rob. (sighs) (laughs) All right. Uh,
2: moving, Moving back to the book just for a little bit. I promise we'll go off on some other tangent shortly. Um. Justin's immediately kind of drawn into some rivalries and you know at first he's kind of just drawn into learning about what's going on so the classes unlike you know, as I kind of mentioned in the synopsis you know aren't like English literature but they have like the history of dodgeball and the physics of uh, dodgeball and <laughs> and yoga
1: I gotta say that I don't have a quote from it but when we get to quotes there'll be some crazy quotes but there's a chapter that's like an entire Excerpt from the history of dodgeball Like textbook that's supposed to be for that class And it's probably one of my favorite parts of the entire book It was very good It's, it's an alternate
2: history Of the world um, Where all Conflicts have been decided And the victors of these conflicts Have been decided via dodgeball
1: Yeah, like Martin Luther King's Having a dream speech There was definitely some dodgeball Played in that dream Yep
2: yep so all the worlds and this is what they're all being prepared for is that anybody of any power in the world has succeeded via dodgeball which does sound like a better place than we live now
1: i have to say i, I always had a lot of fun playing dodgeball and i kind of wished it was something that happened more often maybe we should get a, a dodgeball league together oh. for, pod, for podcasts podcasts are for like books I'm, I we don't know a lot of i don't want to hang out with podcasters i'm going to be completely honest <laughs> Okay. We're the only guess, cool podcasters that I know.
2: I guess it would be a um I guess book related, yeah. yeah. Something we could do at AWP, rent a little gymnasium.
1: Holy shit, that's an excellent idea.
2: I'm telling you man, sometimes I have those ideas.
1: Oh, uh, we gotta work on actually seeing if we can do that like just like renting out like a like a auditor like a gymnasium at the Y, like a room, you know? It's <laughs> This conversation to me and my boss hey listen i gotta take uh,
2: i gotta take the week of whatever in march off oh yeah what are you doing i've got to go to this uh this author dodgeball
1: tournament in uh in <laughs> minneapolis <laughs> we're live streaming a dodgeball tournament between writers <laughs> this is this is pretty goddamn genius holy shit i
2: can't wait to do this all right we're, we're on we're gonna put that together it's that and uh oh what was the game Mid- the midnight game that's all slated for minneapolis
1: Oh yeah, the midnight game from the uh, the the Halloween spectacular episode. Yes. Sort of. At any anyway, rate, yeah. So there's more to the there's more to the story. Um it's just really easy for us to get off on tangents, uh, apparently this episode. Um, it turns out so so basically from the point where he kind of figures out how the school works, um, there's a little bit of a romantic thing going on with him and um Ms. Manson, like we mentioned before. Uh, but uh really It comes out to the point where different clubs in the school are their own dodgeball teams. So, like, if you had, like, a chess club, they would be the dodgeball. they you know, they would be a team that would play against, like, fucking, I didn't do extracurriculars. What are other kind of clubs? (laughs) Well, there's the stunt club at that particular school. Right, which is just a bunch of, like, weird people. I think there was a math club. Right, math, chess club. Like, all those different, like, you know, extracurricular clubs have their own teams. And they end up competing against each other to be basically be like the, the top team of the school. Um and it becomes imperative for Justin or in order to, to, to win the woman to uh to be on the team that uh is the champion team, I guess, right? More or less? Yep. Yep. Yeah. So obviously he
2: makes um yeah, you know, I was gonna say he makes friends, but not so much, but he does make a lot of enemies um through his course of doing this. Um, including the principal hmm. um, and then he's got some mysterious stuff he's trying to figure out uh, that's some weird stuff that's going
1: on with his parents too that plays a little uh, a
2: very interesting side story
1: yeah that was really weird and not, not super disturbing but uh, pretty disturbing um pretty disturbing stuff but yeah that's kind of like the the chunk of the story is it starts out him just like the the transplanted kid trying to figure out the new place and then dodgeball gets all crazy on him and now he's got to win the girl by winning the dodgeball competition so it's got that kind of like classic eighties you know eighties movie kind of vibe to it right I, I would uh, yes yes <laughs> complete with montage there was a montage yeah so it's uh, not a real story unless there's a montage that's <laughs> I don't know about that something that's pretty much the story. Like the the we don't want to spoil the end of it for you, but uh, those are kind of the big parts. And really, um, a lot of the entertainment value is just in if you ask me, in individual moments of things that happen, like uh, um, crazy situations or things that people say. Those are like the really entertaining parts of the book.
2: Oh, I have to agree. Um, sadly, I will have zero quotes on um, this episode, not because I didn't have a bunch of them, but I managed to misplace my Kindle. I think it's sitting on my desk at work.
1: Please don't tell me you left it in your car and someone stole it. Nope, be nope. The second nope. Nope. I'm pretty
2: sure that the serial Kindle um, thief is not, uh
1: Yeah. I tell you, I thought I lost my wallet today. So, getting ready to leave work just a couple hours ago, and uh, I, I walk out the door and I'm walking toward my car. And I'm usually I got my wallet in my coat, and I reach and I'm like, oh, it's not there. So I go and I check my pants pocket, and it's not there this never happens this is not something that happens to me so i go into like full-on panic mode and after about five minutes of searching i found it in a gar or not in but near a garbage can next to where my coat was hanging up so it must have fallen out when i was putting my coat on
2: that is uh that is better than you found it um near a
1: garbage can where somebody had uh taken all uh, the cards out and <laughs>
2: yeah <laughs> and just
1: threw it in the trash yeah so i panicked I definitely panicked uh, were you insinuating we were going to do some quotes? Because I am so ready for that.
2: Yeah, you, well, you're going to do some quotes. I'm going to sit here quietly.
1: All right, since Livius is totally lame and uh, doesn't have quotes, I am going to just kind of throw out you know, some here and there, and then we can kind of talk about them if uh, if Livius thought it was a great moment, and he can pretend that that was his quote too, even though I have no proof <laughs> one way or the other. I could just
2: sit here and be like, yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> One of the defining uh, characteristics of Justin Lucas, our protagonist, is his formidable mustache. And uh, here's a quote from the beginning of the book. My stash is so formidable that one time I went to a Magnum P.I. convention and Tom Selleck himself gave me a high five and a chest bump.
2: Being a guy who has a formidable mustache, um, I do believe I did have that quote. Not even
1: joking. (laughs) And being a... uh, I don't know if it's just being a Bizarro book or a Bradley Sands book or just a book that takes things to such extremes, you have to understand that anything that would typically be, um, offensive is just kind of par for the course. So, um, if you're go- <laughs> if you're going to be offended by any of these quotes, then this is definitely, then you don't understand the, the purpose of, of reading Bizarro or reading books like this. So I'm just going to go for it. I hold my ball behind me and aim for Louie because the quickest way to get everyone's respect is to take out the biggest retard.
2: Very, very valuable life lessons to be learned in this book, too.
1: <laughs> this is an indication of, um, of the delusional state that our protagonist may live in. I use my physics book to hide my boner as I walk, not that I care if anyone notices it. I'm just worried that all the girls who see it will go crazy and try to gang rape me, which would be kind of cool, but gang rape is against the law, and I don't want to be held responsible if any chicks get arrested.
2: Yeah, he reminded me a little bit um, of the the protagonist in um, TV Snorted My Brain. Did you get that,
1: too? Um, a little bit. A little bit. I didn't really think about it too much, but I could see it's been so long since reading TV started in my brain that I don't remember very clearly, but I could see a little bit. Uh, is it Dodie or Dottie? Um, I would have to say uh, Dottie, I guess, but I'm not really sure. All right. Well, this one involves her then my last class for the day is yoga which you probably would think it was the gayest shit ever until you walk into the room and saw all the girls bending over as they stretched in their sexy yoga outfits with their boobs flopping all over the place Dodie Manson is, uh, Dodie Manson is in the class too and whoa she's topless with electrical tape covering her nipples in a shape of two X's she's also wearing fishnets and leather panties or whatever is this appropriate attire for school definitely
2: <laughs> is that what your uh, your high school is like
1: uh, there was no yoga back when I was in high school. <laughs> yoga didn't exist. Uh, definitely not as like something that would be done in a high school.
2: I wonder if they do that now. You think they do yoga in high schools now?
1: Uh, I, I, hmm, that's a good question. I don't know. I'd feel like a creeper even trying to figure out if they do. Oh yeah, I don't let that kind of shit bother me. <laughs> like,
2: high school yoga. Here we come.
1: <laughs> At one point. Uh, I can't remember what happened, but um, Manson does something that I think very inadvertently um, touches or bumps against uh, the protagonist's butt, and um, this is how he imagined the situation in his mind. I thought she liked caressing my ass. She really blew it. We could have been great together and spent the rest of our lives together and died in each other's arms while doing something dangerous and sexy, but she had to ruin everything by murdering my inner butt cheek. This kid's kind of weird.
2: I just want to throw in there because we didn't really touch on it, and it's a little bit of it's in the synopsis, Dottie. Um, she is kind of a, a serial killer in her own right, which is just awesome. Yep. <laughs> that whole like reveal is terrific. Yeah, it's pretty awesome.
1: I like that character too. She's one of those like never impressed by anybody, too, you know, too cool for for everything, but, you know, she softens up as time goes on. With a heart of gold. Heart of gold. Um there's an actually a chapter called awesome training montage. <laughs> and some of the best quotes come from there. And and also a song um, but <laughs> There's a couple of songs that are really good in that and they're, they're, Do you have quotes from them by chance? The song? Yes I do I've even put one quote on Facebook already They um, are in the vein of uh, I would imagine Eye of the Tiger by
2: Survivor right? Yeah
1: So here's a quote And then we'll, I'll read some of the lyrics from the song When things get tough you gotta believe in yourself Or you're just a big wimpy crying wet pussy um, Some of the lyrics from the song Oh yeah, push yourself to the limit. Just kidding, wimp. Champions don't have limits. La la la. Uh, Success. Sex, sex, sex. Be the best. Have lots of sex. This is the chorus and you are impressed. (laughs) Alright, this is a quote where... uh, uh, From a chapter called Back to the Crib. And um, uh, Justin walks in on his parents doing something suspicious. What the fuck, mom and dad? uh honey how was your day how was my day how was my day why are you naked that's not something i wanted to see listen sport sometimes when a man and a woman love each other very much they wait were you having sex why were you doing this on the stairs instead of a bed like uh we didn't want we didn't think you'd be home for a while and your father is able to hit just the right spot from a lower angle gross i didn't want to know that wait holy cats who is that between you this is beth she's an old friend why is she naked? Oh, my God, Mom, are you guys having a threesome? Your father and I have so much love to give. Sometimes we like to share it with those who are less fortunate. <laughs> but you're my mom and dad, and nothing is ever going to change that, son. Hey, whatever your name is, this is my house, and I want you to leave. Uh, Mom, Dad, why isn't she saying anything? Jennifer's just a little shy. Oh, I thought you said her name was Beth. Oh, right, Beth. That was her nickname in college. Um... Okay, I'm just going to go to my room and bash my head against the wall until I destroy the piece of my brain that holds the memory of the last 10 minutes.
2: Dude, that might have been my favorite line in there with, uh, we have so much love to give that we share it with those less fortunate than us. (laughs) Um,
1: I'm not even halfway through my quotes right now. Um, In a a book like this, there's so much entertainment. Um, It's these little moments and little quotes that really make the overall story so wonderful. Um, real tiny things like words cannot express how hard my penis has bonerized. Um, is is a good example. There's an entire scene where um, Justin doesn't understand what's going on, but his girlfriend is communicating with a juggalo, and they're talking so weird that he thinks that they're like, it's like a goth, it's like another language that goth people have. (laughs) So, there's a part of the book essentially where, um, kind of in the in the in the style of the uh last projector where there's a huge kind of final scene there was essentially the a good chunk of the book is the is the tournament leading up to the champion dodgeball thing so there's a whole lot of the book that's just like these different school dodgeball teams fighting uh uh, competing against each other and it gets really really weird and there's lots of like uh booby traps and and other things that happen outside of people just hitting each other with balls. But um, this was a funny moment. Kind of almost like a high-fidelity moment. If you could pick anyone for your dodgeball team, living or dead, who would it be? I would choose Chewbacca, Abraham Lincoln, Dodgeball Cat, Tom Selleck, Old Dirty Bastard, and Kate Upton in a Bikini. It's not bad, really, if you think about it.
2: Sounds fair to me, yeah.
1: Kate Upton in a Bikini. Do my cat daddy.
2: Uh, You know, I'm looking up dodgeball cat and uh, um, I, I'm not really sure that's the thing. Dodgeball cat? Yeah.
1: I wonder if it's from the book and I just don't know what it is. Mm, no. No? Hang on. Now I gotta look. <laughs> Searching for the word dodgeball and Dodgeball high is pretty stupid if you ask me. There's only one result for a dodgeball cat in the book and it's in that list. Alright, you got me. Alright, well, I've got about 15 other quotes because like like any kind of Bradley Sands thing I've ever read. It's a very quotable thing, but we should probably wrap it up and move along. So uh, I think you're going to have to deal with what I what I uh, already quoted. Some fine quotes they were, sir, I was able to... This time I
2: actually got to sit back and listen to them because usually I'm reading my quotes while you're doing yours. Yeah. And then sometimes I have that problem
1: where I'm like, God damn it, did he read this one already? <laughs> so, um
2: right, let's, uh, let's kick off... Why don't you kick off the wrap-up? All
1: right, so this is uh, my... One, two, three, fourth Bradley Sands book I've read. Bradley Sands books are all pretty short. They're not, um, you know, usually if they touch 200 pages, it's it's kind of on the long side for him. But he's got such a refreshing style of just, like, kind of throwing out the rule book and just going with an entertaining story that's got a really bunch of weird, fucked-up things going on in it. Um, if, if it's something that someone were ever to find offensive or anything like that then they're just really going about life all wrong because like this is the type of thing where it's just going to have offensive stuff in it and and you can't really hold it against the story because i don't know that would be like holding walking against someone i don't know like it's just kind of something that happens to a person but um entertaining story uh it it approaches a topic that we probably seldom think about but it is fun to read about and and kind of We can all identify at one point or another with like having dodgeball in our lives and and being kind of an awkward teenager so the story was really cool and i think it's easily identifiable and just really really kind of zany crazy messed up things happen um but overall immensely entertaining so um anytime i see something with bradley sands name on it i I'll, i'll read it for sure um i liked it a lot i'm gonna go four and a half stars
2: yeah, Rob kind of covered. Um, I don't know. I guess we've either gotten lazy or just very accustomed to the things that we uh, that we do. We um, kind of forgot to give that. You know, that whole <laughs> this is this is what Bizarro is and. It, it, it doesn't always make sense in the real world and that's not the point of the story so these things can come across as is you know silly or, or stupid or maybe nobody you know someone wouldn't understand what the point of the story is that's not i don't think that's the point of bizarro i think the point of bizarro if at least primarily for me when i approach a book like this is as rob said entertainment and god damn it this is a pretty entertaining book um it's got a lot of laugh-out-loud moments. Um, I don't know about, you know, Rob was talking about, everyone knowing about being an awkward kid in high school. I was an awkward kid in high school. I have no idea what he's talking about. But sure, for Rob and for some others, that might that might be a thing. Um, it, it was a lot of fun. And you take a, a topic as, as, you know, uh, mundane as dodgeball and you throw in a little bit of murder and some some clever characters and a lot of great one-liners. And what you have is a really, really entertaining book. So I really enjoyed it, and I'm going to go four stars.
1: Boom! So maybe you're the deluded one if you don't remember being an awkward teenager.
2: No, no, me? Are you kidding? There are no there are no robots in my wardrobe.
1: Well, I'm a fucking thirty year old with warbots with robots in their wardrobe so I don't know what to say about that. Thirty? Did they say thirty year old. I'm thirty six. Whatever it is, <laughs> you did it. I was like, I, I think I meant to say I'm in my thirties. <laughs>
2: So, all right. I guess we can uh, bring on the man and and have him answer for his crimes.
1: Hey, Bradley, thanks for coming on uh, and taking some time to talk to us here on Booked.
2: Thanks for having me, Ronald. So, Bradley, we'd like to give, um, after we've spent, you know, half an hour talking about the book, um, we'd like to give the author a chance to give us their own brief synopsis. So, you've got a couple minutes if you'd like to tell the listeners what Dodgeball High is about in your own words.
3: Sure. Uh, Dodgeball High is about this uh, kid, Justin Lucas, who changes schools he moves to a new town and when he gets there he he starts the new school and he's surprised to discover that every single thing about the school is devoted to dodgeball as far as the classes and in the gymnasium they only play dodgeball and the school's all uh, about everything about the school is about dodgeball tournament and um justin thinks he's like the greatest person on earth and he, th- he thought he was the most popular uh, person in his last school but when he shows up to the school he's a new kid uh, people don't like him he's not very good at dodgeball and he has to um, you know, figure out how to get better And um, it's kind of like a right passage sort of thing and get through and become a good dodgeball player and win the championship and so.
2: so how and, and again, I realize this this may sound like a dumb question, but I ask this specifically because of Bizarro, and with um, TV Snorted My Brain and other Bizarro titles, we always wonder, like, how do you come up with an idea like this? I mean, it seems like it would be a little um, more difficult to put something like this together than, say, your standard, like, P.I. story.
3: Oh, well, I, I guess I have a long answer for that. First part is, um, I saw this Takashi Miike movie called uh, Crows Zero, where it's all about um, a high school where it's all about Kung Fu. And I don't even know if they have classes. Everyone just fights against each other to trying to get to the top of the hierarchy as far as being like the number one gang in the school. And I thought, Hey, this kind of thing would be really cool if it were about dodgeball and stuff, um, martial arts. And the second part to that question is, um, Every year, uh, at, uh, BizarreCon, they have workshops and every year they used to have this workshop called the High Concept Workshop. And I, I went, I, I just came back from BizarreCon. They didn't have it possibly for the first time. I don't know if they had it last year because I didn't go last year, but it's all about, uh, coming up with a title, a tagline and a back cover description synopsis for a book that uh, I haven't written yet. And then we do that and we bring it to the convention and we meet and go around the table and everyone says whether or not they would buy the book based on all those things. And if not, uh, what the author would need to do, what changes the author would need to do to get the person's sale. So I, I came up with dodgeball high, um, for that for one year and um and everyone was into it basically so I, so i decided to do it actually i mean most of the books that i i did i did that workshop maybe like five four or five times and almost every time i would write a book or a novella um out of what came out of it
2: that seems like a pretty good way to make a decision on. Seriously, that's, you know, because you have a room of like-minded people and you toss it around. At some of those, did did a lot of people get like a thumbs down?
3: Yeah, yeah.
2: Good. Um, I mean, that's good because at least then you know you're getting honest feedback and not everybody's like, oh, that's a great idea, you know, and just kind of throwing it out there.
3: I mean, some some pretty well-known titles were come up with that way. Uh, as far as my my books, Rico Slade, will Fucking Kill You, uh, Shat Your Quake. And the um, ass goblins of Auschwitz, and probably others. I can't. remember.
1: The thing that's been all right. So, and I'm sure that you've got this question. Like pretty much any time you go to a, a topic like this, um, you probably get this question tons. But um, if you, I'm gonna, I'm gonna frame it in a specific way. If you, if you had to frame your personal, possibly childhood or whatever experience with dodgeball. Would you be more Justin how he thinks of himself or Justin how he really is?
3: Um, well, I, I was really good at dodgeball, but um, in junior high, I wasn't a popular kid. So this is kind of like sort of answering your question, but sort of avoiding it. I wasn't a popular kid, so I always picked the captains, always picked me last or second to last, but I would always do really good and. It was because I took out my frustrations by playing dodgeball and got back at the bullies by uh, giving them pain. And I, I, wasn't, I wasn't very good at many sports besides dodgeball and tennis.
1: Oh, tennis, nice.
2: We love this idea so much that Rob <laughs> and I are trying to put. This is no joke. If you listen to the front half of the podcast, you'll, you'll hear us talk about AWP is in Minneapolis this year and we're going to be there. We're trying to figure out if we can get a dodgeball game together amongst, you know, bookie types.
3: Yeah. That'd be awesome. We we tried to do one at Bizarrecon, but um it was icy as far as the ground, so uh, we decided it was too dangerous because there was nowhere to play indoors.
1: Wow. Alright, well yeah, we were I was thinking like we'd have to like see if there's a local YMCA or something that we could get like a court or something, but like throw down on some like legit dodgeball.
3: It's yeah the... it, it seems like it's pretty difficult to play in a outside in a place without walls so I, I didn't really understand how it would work out considering like probably a lot of the balls would get lost
1: <laughs> it's kind of doomed from the start it sounds like <laughs> 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 but it is one of those topics that um like for me at least it has this warm spot in my heart and even if like i'm just kind of romanticizing my past like dodgeball is just cool i like it
3: yeah, me too. I, I don't think I've played it since junior high, but I want to eventually.
2: <laughs> there you go. Bradley Sands Adult
3: Dodgeball Club.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're on AWP in Minneapolis, you can be on Team Booked.
3: Yep. Oh, cool. I don't, I don't know if I'm, I'm probably not coming, but if I do, I will.
1: <laughs> Special referee.
2: Sure. <laughs> So you recently you posted um a little bit about writing under your own name versus writing under a pen name um and you seemed pretty passionate um about uh, advising people at least you write in that's the word I'm looking for maybe more controversial genres that mm-hmm. um that they do so under a pseudonym has it has have you has it had that negative effect on your personal life
3: um I'm not sure. I'm just paranoid that it has had a negative effect as far as trying to find a job and potential employers googling me and seeing like a book called Rico Slade Will Fucking Kill You and like flipping out and being like, oh, I don't want to hire this guy. Um, he, he has profanity in a book title and some guy who I don't know is threatening to kill me and I have no <laughs> sense of humor whatsoever, so he doesn't get a job.
1: So it's more of a perceived potential uh, a downside to anything you've actually like it hasn't changed the course of your life. Having a book titled Rico Slade Will Fucking Kill You.
3: Well, I mean, I have um I have a master's degree in creative writing and I I've I've tried to find a teaching job and that's tough enough to do, so sure. maybe it just makes it all that much harder.
2: You don't get much more creative. That master's degree is paid off than dodgeball high and TV snorted by brain. So I, don't, I think that I the master's degree a, paid off in a way. Yeah.
3: Or TV snort in my brain uh, before I got my degree, although it um, came out was published after I received it. Enrico Slade was written while I was getting
1: it. I just remember, re, the, the, I, I just for the hell of it decided uh, because I think because they were both on the shorter side to read um, Rico Slade Will Fucking Kill You. Um, And I didn't think I got through all of, but parts of TV started my brain on a flight. And um, I believe, and it's been a while, but I think that there's a scene uh, toward the beginning of Rico Slade where he's on a plane Mm -hmm. and he tears someone's throat out. It might even be the opening of the book. And I was like, this is so perfect that I chose to read this on my flight.
3: (laughs) Yeah. um, That was originally just like a standalone short and I decided to expand upon it into a, like a novella. And I think I, there's, there's I don't know if there's still a site, know, what's it called? There's a site that you take the name of like a movie or TV show and you write a story inspired by that, but not necessarily completely based off um, the story or TV show, maybe just inspired by the name and jimmy chen from html giant used to run it but i think it was like a secret for a while and then like someone revealed it it might have been me um (laughs) so i wrote the i I wrote a story called passenger 57 so that was the opening chapter i think i rejected the for that for that site
1: (laughs) nice
2: while we're talking about writing under a name other than your own, um, tell us a little bit about Emma Steele. It's come up here on the podcast several times.
3: Okay. Um, Emma Steele is a, a pen mm. name, a collective pen name uh, for various authors for, um, for Supernatural Erotica. There's only been two stories uh, written by her, one by me, and one by a friend of mine. I I won't say his name. And I, I decided to write a supernatural erotica story because I edited uh, a story. I was hired to freelance edit it. And I I thought it'd be a lot of fun to write one of my own. So I was thinking about like, what would be like, um, the zaniest monster to work with. So I thought Slenderman, um, I think at the time there may have been like one or two other erotica stories starring Slender Man, but I wasn't aware of this. I thought it was like being so original at the time. So so I wrote the story called I Slept With Slenderman," and I kind of embraced the badness of erotica, even though I haven't read very much of it. So it was um intentionally bad. Although, since I'm not used to writing Erotica, I'm sure there's some unintentional badness going on. And the other uh story... Both of the stories are available on Amazon.com for Kindle. The other story is called... Um, let's see. We had to change the name. Originally, the name was Fuck All Monsters, but it was difficult to search for it because of the profanity. I don't know what... It, Profanity is okay if it's not erotica. So Rico Slate will fucking kill you, fine, <laughs> but if it's if it's erotica, <laughs> then you're kind of screwed.
1: Makes sense. It comes to,
3: yeah. Um, Debbie does Monsterland. That's what we changed it to, and and we didn't even change the character's name to Debbie in the book. We thought it'd be kind of funny <laughs> to just leave it alone. Um, I think her name's Nancy. <laughs> But but in the synopsis we changed her name so it was like um Nancy quote Debbie unquote and then her last name. Like Debbie was her nickname. I don't know. We were just really lazy about it, but we we did that because we thought it was funny.
1: Um I could be wrong about this, but um or it could be just me hyping it up in my own mind, but Um, was, uh, I guess my first question would be, did you, uh, were you asked to change the title or was that just a a personal choice to change it, uh, so that it was easier to get to,
3: um, personal choice. So people would actually be able to get to the, um, book slash story if they typed it into Amazon. Right
1: on. And then, um, what kind of reception, have you seen reception outside of like the typical, like group of people you would expect to see this have you is it has has the the supernatural erotica taken off at all or what's the is it is it kind of a sleeper category
3: it it's taken off for other people um not for me i thought i thought just the idea of slenderman would sell copies of it but not apparently not so um doesn't seem like it gets many reads Although, like, one time there was this, uh, Goodreads book club who read, like, fucked up, um, paranormal erotica who read it and they all, like, gave funny, awesome reviews and everyone was, a lot of them were like, oh, this is so bad, it's good, which was exactly, like, uh, exactly what I was going for and that's just difficult to make happen. Usually if you try to make something so bad it's good, it ends up being so bad it's bad. So I was very pleased with that reaction.
2: Yeah, I thought they were both really entertaining. And and again, I mean, taken with a grain of salt, 400 pages of that probably wouldn't have been very entertaining. But in a nice little lunchtime read, both of those stories I think really kind of hit the spot and were, were clever and funny enough to, to make them worthwhile.
3: Oh, thanks. There's actually going to be a sequel to uh, Debbie Does Monsterland. And... I hear, I seem to remember it, it, it's it's a lot longer. I think it's around 20,000 words. I haven't read it yet.
2: I was kind of hoping there would be, because it left a little bit of a, a cliffhanger ending there.
3: Yeah, there wasn't much to the big monster or
1: Well, that, I mean, that's what I figured. Oh, like, uh,
3: spoiler, cause... sorry. <laughs> <laughs>
1: we spoiled the uh, the supernatural erotica. um <laughs> <laughs> There's sex. Uh, but that's. What, I just assumed that it was always intended to be kind of a multi-part thing because the way that it was left off was so... Um, things are just heating up that I figured it was like an intentional move.
3: Uh, I'm not sure. I didn't, I didn't. Just say yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
2: it was always the plan.
1: <laughs> so I personally have read... Obviously, dodgeball high because we just reviewed it, and TV started my brain, which we reviewed. I actually just looked at it. This was like uh, over a hundred episodes ago, so we took that we took that one on a long time ago. Um, and Rico Slade, and I read sorry, ruined your orgy. So I'm pretty well read in the Bradley Sands world, um, and they're all pretty dynamically different from each other. The the kind of the main thread I would say is probably the the level of. Um, absurdity and and entertainment which i think is what my favorite thing about your writing is is how entertaining they are but uh understanding that they're so different from each other do you have one that you kind of have as a personal favorite or do you like them for different reasons
3: well currently my personal favorite is um dodgeball high and it's probably just because i think it's by far my best and i think it I could talk a little bit about that um it was just a big challenge to write it um I created this voice of this character, and he's uh the the way he speaks and writes is unlike my own voice and i so it was almost like um method acting every every time I worked on the book and I always try- I tried to make it really distinctive and it never became my own voice, so um, it was just a really tough book. Um, my other books were written, um, a lot quicker. And, I don't know. Um, Rico Slade's also one of my other favorites. But that's more like, that was more like my own voice at the time. So it was easier.
1: Rico Slade is really extreme if I remember it. Like,. Mm-hmm that is just, it's just nonstop like violence. It's really, f- and I'm obviously a, a satirical element to it, but that one definitely way more hardcore with the violence than the other ones.
3: Right. Um, originally, you know, how you had it from the protagonist point of view in reality, chip, the actor who plays Rico Slade. And when you it, actually, you, see, you read what's actually happening and then you read what he, this delusion that he's experiencing, mm-hmm. and originally the way it was written was um, what, what was actually happening was really absurd, and what he was hallucinating was also very absurd, <laughs> and they were both equally absurd. And I, I and then I rewrote it so they um, it kind of contrasted more with one another. Um, they just weren't. They're both pretty over the top, but no, I, I made it so they weren't quite as over the top. Like a lot of times, the opposite things occurred, whereas in the original, it was it was more similar, I suppose. Um, I'm trying to think of an example, but I'm failing. Um, like 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 in, so, All right, there's a bad example. Like like um the actor shooting someone in the face in reality and in his fantasy he, he shoots a missile into someone's face okay, whereas cool. um, this isn't in the book but instead of shooting a missile into someone's face he would uh urinate on them well he urinates on someone uh, it's been a while since <laughs> I read
1: it <laughs> right on. so
3: I had my beta reader saying like Michael Hansen saying um, uh, it's just too similar you gotta contrast them more. And I, I thought that really helped with it. It
1: was good. I really enjoyed it. It really makes an airplane flight go by quickly. If you ever um, are referring people to your books, tell them it'll, it's a nice air, air, airplane read.
3: <laughs> I will. Someone just told me they were on a train, but it was it was a long trip, so they must have read many things. Pardon. Somehow I
2: don't see that showing up in the airport bookstore.
3: <laughs> Shit.
1: That'd be the best airport bookstore. There you
2: go. It would. It would have to be like Portland.
3: Well, get that I, in the Portland. I think it. Bookstore. I think it's sold in the Big Pals books in in Portland, but it, it wouldn't. It wouldn't be in the the Pals Airport bookstore because it's a <laughs> tiny little thing. It doesn't have a small press section.
2: So, Bradley, what are you working on now? Or I guess, yeah, I say, what will we see next from you?
3: Um, I haven't start. I'm in between things. I actually haven't written anything in a while, but I'm, I'm about to start a new book and it's, um, it may not be bizarro and it may not be humorous. And, um, it's about, it's a, it'll be a music theme book, kind of like the Da Vinci code with a, um, with a music critic protagonist. And I don't want to say that much about it. And, I don't, I, at the moment, the title is Rubber Ring, which is my favorite Smith song, but if you're not familiar with the Smiths, it's kind of a boring title, so <laughs> I guess that's the working title until I come up with something better. And I, I got blocked on how, how to make it work for so long, and recently I I just figured it out, so I'm going to start it soon. And I'm really excited to work on it, and it's probably going to take forever. I've been blocked for so long and recently I, I figured out how to get unblocked although I haven't implemented it yet and part of the reason why I'm blocked is because I've been having trouble finding books that I enjoyed, mm-hmm. that I've been enjoying, except for nonfiction. but recently, I, I think part of it was like going to BizarreCon and buying a whole bunch of books. Recently I started like liking fiction books again and I thought it was just kind of dish-baggy to write, start writing a novel if I'd if I'm not reading novels because I don't like them. So then so I'm back into reading them, so, which is good.
1: Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Is, uh, is Burka, is Bizarro kind of like kind of like a recharge. Like you feel like, like um, it, it all makes sense it, again.
3: It so was this time. Usually it's just like every, usually everyone says, Oh, it's so inspiring. But, and I, I, I just have a good time. I never got that of it before this time, but I think I really needed it this time. Yeah. Um,
1: Cool. Well, uh, before we let you go, is there anything of your own or of, uh, of someone you know that you'd like to plug that we maybe we haven't uh, we haven't brought up in, in our interview already?
3: Oh, sure. It's not available for sale right now, but I'm editing this thing called How to Win at UltraVision, a strategy guide for video games that don't exist. And I'm looking for submissions for that. You could find out about it through going on my website and which is bradleyshands.com and scrolling down a little bit. Um, and I'm always seeking clients for editing projects. As far as my freelance editing, I have a lot of experience. You could um, find out more about that also on the website under the editing section. And I might as well just mention that uh, the new Bizarro Author Series books just came out. They come out once a year. I edit it although I didn't actually accept anything this year and there are only three books were released, but um, you should definitely check those out. Um, written by Scott Cole, Tom Lucas, and Brian Asper, I believe. If you just go to uh, bizarre you'll, you'll find a post about the new books since I don't have that information of Top of my head, but it's they're always really great, and um, that's about it. I hope you guys uh, check out Dodgeball High and like it. Not, not you guys, Robin, with you, the <laughs> listeners.
2: Done and done. First, first time. Ones. I
1: think that was the first time that one of our um, our guests directly addressed the audience. I think uh, the listeners. I don't think that's happened before. No, I think you're right. It's fucking genius. I don't know why anybody didn't think of that before. Like, just <laughs> well,
3: I figured you guys just finished like talking about it for a while, so it would sound weird if I was like, "You guys should read this book that you already read and talked about for half an hour."
1: <laughs> we could cut it up so that like we're like, "All right, we're gonna go read the book and then we'd put the review afterwards." <laughs> all right, Bradley. Thanks
2: again for taking time to come on and talk to us about Dodgeball High and all the other cool stuff. We appreciate it.
3: You're welcome. Uh, thanks again for having
1: me. All right. Once more, that was Bradley Sands. Uh, what a <laughs> what an entertaining writer! And um, it's been so long that we've been talking about him. It's it's great to finally have gotten him on to get it, to to hear his perspective on some of his his bizarro, uh leanings. I agree.
2: I mean, just uh, you know, we talk about this from time to time. Just a very very entertaining writer. So if you're not easily offended. Definitely recommend you go out and pick out. I could only recommend the two that I've read, which Dodgeball High and um, TV Snorted My Brain, but Rob seems to really like the other two as well. So definitely go out and pick those up. Um, And if you need some help with your writing, um, The Man Does Editing, which is pretty cool. I mean, I gotta tell you, I don't know if it's like cool to put on there, but if you're gonna put edited by somebody, putting edited by Bradley Sands on your book, it certainly
1: can't hurt you any. It can't and if there's one thing i've learned from reading um uh, uh books in a, in the spectrum from from being extremely independent authors to being um you know f- you know big five publishers benefiting from <laughs> your your manuscript will benefit so much from having an editor look at it <laughs> yeah that's yes very, very very true i mean like even like the mid level I, I mean the the more established, like longer standing, more legit publishers, if they don't go through a proper editorial process for the book, it it, it just feels so kind of hacky and and you know amateurish. So, getting your your stuff properly edited is definitely gonna be a great benefit for for anybody. I I as a person who has suffered through garbage, um, really recommend getting your stuff edited if you are a writer. Because we want to make life easier for us. Don't That's make me really suffer through
2: your mean. garbage. Don't make anybody suffer through your garbage. <laughs> exactly. So, BradleySands.com is where you can get information on um, a variety of things. So, but uh, catch up with what Bradley's doing and definitely throw him some work. Have him help improve your crazy ass bizarro or non bizarro story for that. Rob, yeah. I've got, just tell people, I have a brilliant bizarro novella, don't I? <laughs> I'm not sure what it is. I don't want it to get out there in the wild in case I decide to do it. But, you know, if I ever do it, Bradley Sands might be the, the, the name, the little name under the big name, you know, the James Patterson yeah. by Bradley Sands at the bottom. That's yeah. probably how that would go. Uh, I put it James is. Patterson on there because then I'd be guaranteed to
1: sell more than 50 copies. So. That's true. I can change my name legally to James Patterson. and We can start writing books. Um, oh, could we get away with that? Um, what, what could they do? You can't sue me for having a name. That's true. Huh. Uh,
2: <laughs> I know the Screen Actors Guild won't allow you to act in anything if you have a name of somebody who's already registered in the Screen Actors Guild.
1: Oh, really? Like if I came in there as Brad Pitt? Yes. Well, that's, that goes back. It's um,
2: Trey Parker and Matt Stone from mm-hmm. South Park. Yeah. When they were doing whatever movie it was they were doing, um, they told Trey Parker he had to change his name or he couldn't register with the Screen Actors Guild. So he told them that if he had to change his name, he was going to change his name to Sag Kills Babies. Screen Actors Guild, Sag (laughs) Kills Babies. And apparently, well, I I guess the thing was there was like a Trey Parker, but like the guy was dead or like had been in one thing like 30 years ago. It it wasn't like he was trying to do, like you said, Brad Pitt. Um, So Sag, I guess, relented and let him use his actual name.
1: Good. Fuck that, stupid assholes. Yep. You want to know what I'm going to do now? You were, no, no idea. You don't want to know or you don't no, know? No, I do want to know.
2: I was going to guess, but <laughs> then I thought there's so many things you could do now. I'm not going to try.
1: I'm going to go out and read. I slept with Slender Man. You should, you should. You like that. You like that erotica shit, don't you? I do. I like it it's steamy and supernatural.
2: <laughs> Dude, I got to tell you, fuck all monsters. Definitely does monster. It was so entertaining and it, <laughs> I, I'm so glad to hear there's a sequel 'cause honestly, i thought about it I was like, man, it just left off like it like the best part so, so and it
1: sounds- that was definitely one where um Livius uh, so often with shorter pieces will say like uh um i you know it suffers from not being long enough, and that's what I felt about debbie does Monsterland. it was it definitely needed to be there needed to be more to it,
2: very cool, now we got to be on the hunt and
1: figure out who uh who the other author is, mm-hmm. yeah we got to do some detective, like, XXX Seamus-style detective work. We're going to Google some shit. That's right. Google-foo. We should probably wrap this up, eh? What do we got we coming up next?
2: Listen, only
1: two things, well, three things to talk about.
2: So next on the podcast, we're going to be reviewing Bird Box by Josh Mallerman. Uh, I think, think the episode after that is going to be our holiday extravaganza, spectacular, or whatever we're calling it this year. Mm-hmm. Um... It's going to be our first actual kind of holiday one where we do something special, so I'm very much looking forward to that. We'll be joined again by Jesse Lawrence and Amanda Gowan. Um, I have turned over the reins of planning this episode to people <laughs> that aren't me because <laughs> the last time everything I
1: had planned kind of fell flat on its face. Still a very entertaining episode. Um, hey, I had a question, and we yes. might as well just do this right on the podcast. Um, it occurred to me that when I was thinking about this uh, ho- uh, the holiday episode that we are doing that um, we, we did Donnie booked last year and we're definitely not doing that again this year because we had too much David James Keaton we know he's going to win <laughs> he broke the fucking he broke, it. He broke Donnie booked um, yeah. so are we doing the holiday episode and a year in review Ooh, I don't know I think and we that might means have to do both we might
2: have to do both so. um, but we will be also the thing I really want to plug is December 9th quenchers in Chicago Booked will be out there with Noir at the Bar. Very excited about that. And that's just, what, two weeks away now? Less than two weeks?
1: December 9th is, yeah, like two weeks away. Yeah.
2: So if you're in the Chicago area, please make arrangements to be there. Hang out with the guys from Booked, um, along with Noir at the Bar Chicago, the inaugural.
1: Yeah, definitely some good readers there. We got uh, uh, Kent Gowran, formerly of uh, Shotgun Honey. Kevin Linhelmich. Jake Hinkson, Sam Reeves, who he is the one author that I'm not personally familiar with uh, from the lineup, so I'm looking forward to seeing what he's got, uh, what he's got going on, and Frank Wheeler Jr., who uh, was at the noir at the Cantina uh, up in uh, Milwaukee that we recently recorded, which was a great time, and we expect we will have a great time again. Um, the boys here at Booked
2: are lucky to be emceeing this. There'll probably be a live stream. We haven't really decided if we're actually going to post the reading on the um, on the podcast or not yet. So we might, um, but if not, we definitely have we have content planned out pretty much for the rest of the year, which is a rarity for us. So
1: that's right. And then there's going very to much the looking for the New Year's Eve hangover episode. It's gonna be good.
2: Yep. But before we go, I did promise we talk a little bit about what you heard at the top of the show. That was um, booked <laughs> special reporter Triple um, <laughs> yeah. A um, A Adam Auten. Um, plugging Patreon, Patreon, Patron, but whatever, um, where you can help support Booked by pledging as little as one dollar a month. Rob, what can you do with
1: one dollar every month? Uh, me personally, yeah, nothing. <clears throat> nothing. Mm-hmm. Neither can you. But you know, you can. What we can do when there's like ten of you, or twenty of you, or fifty of you, we can pay to host the audio for this podcast. We can pay to host the website for this podcast. We can pay to uh, to get a better microphone for Livius, who's been using the same like $50 microphone for over three years now. That's correct. Um, we can um, rent dodgeballs for AWP Dodgeball. Oh, my God. What That should be one of our milestone goals. If we get X number of money a month, we set up the dodgeball tournament. Not tournament, but dodgeball event. It
2: depends on how many people get. We already have a tournament with me, <laughs> you, maybe Bradley Sands. Like Amanda Gowan. Like, like that's
1: it. We're like shit talking people into coming in off the street, like, no, I could totally get Chris and dodgeball. He's in the tournament. Um Dave James Keaton would totally do it for sure. Yep. So I, I think it's great. And I gotta tell you, milestone, but um
2: that that might be a live broadcast for subscribers only. Hell yeah, it would so um definitely head <laughs> over to I'm gonna spell it P A T R E O N dot com slash booked. Um like I said, pledge a buck a month, pledge. Thirty bucks a month, pledge whatever you'd like. We've gotten all all sizes of pledge so far. So from from the very uh, from the very bare minimum up to people who have pledged enough to
1: make them forever, forever our favorites. That's right. And if you're the competitive type, thirty dollars a month is currently the individual uh, high contribution. So Mm thirty one bucks a month puts you in the lead. So yeah. So
2: you're right we love
1: competition that's right not competing with us (laughs) no we we bitterly hate competition against us on the podcast but we we definitely encourage people to compete for how much money they can give us Mm -hmm. so get in um, soon we do know we're
2: pretty sure that one of the perks of being a contributor is getting these episodes 24 hours before anybody else
1: does and get the feeling that's going to start in the next few episodes that's right. Plus, a much more um, definitive structure of rewards and milestone goals are on the way, um, and we will be rewarding our contributors as quickly as we can. Uh, considering we haven't actually gotten any money yet, I don't feel bad about it. <laughs> That's this is true. We're just waiting for the big payday check. So, until next time, we'll
2: be back with Bird Box. Until then, I'm Lydia Snedden. And I'm Rob Olson. Keep throwing
0: balls at each other. Balls, balls, balls. Uh-huh.